Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Haunted Houses, Castel Amer. Chapters 20 and 21 from Ghosts I Have Seen and Other Psychic Experiences by Violet Tweedale. Published in 1919. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. This recording is by Michelle Fry, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, in September 2023. Chapter 20 Haunted Houses Castel Amer. I have never yet met anyone who was not interested in haunted houses. Even the most blatant skeptic always wants to hear all about it, though he has predetermined to treat the story with his habitual scoffing incredulity. Of all the departments of psychical research, none commands more general interest than a spooky house, and there are few people who cannot name a dwelling which has acquired the reputation for being haunted by denizens of the other world. Of course, any house that falls into serious disrepair and remains unoccupied for some long period, any dwelling whose owner permits decay to proceed unchecked, and dilapidation to run its course at once suggests the thought to the beholder what a haunted-looking old place and rumour in such cases quickly supplies all the old phenomena even though tradition be totally absent tramps are always on the lookout for such shelters and their damped-down fires catch the eye of some scared rustic who happens to be passing in the dark Rats and the winds of heaven play hide-and-seek through the deserted rooms and corridors, and owls find sanctuary in the surrounding gardens. Their cries, varying from the exultant shriek to the mournful wail, add a weird suggestiveness to the abiding melancholy of such abandoned habitations. There is so much talk nowadays of hauntings and ghosts, that it seems strange we should know so very little about them. I have never heard a really convincing explanation of why ghosts should haunt certain houses. 
and I have no explanation of my own to offer. If ghosts could be commanded, if one could be sure of witnessing certain phenomena that have been elaborately described to one, then there might be the ghost of a chance of advantageous investigation. No such opportunities seem to be afforded the investigator. He may watch for months and see nothing, yet the elusive wraith may turn up before several witnesses on the very night after he has abandoned his quest out of sheer boredom and discouragement. Some seven years ago, whilst wintering in Torquay, I heard a great deal of gossip about a villa on the Warburys, which was reputed to be badly haunted. For the last forty or fifty years, nobody, it was said, had been able to live in it for any length of time. Several people asserted that they had heard screams coming from it as they passed along the high road, and no occupant had ever been able to keep a door shut or even locked. The house is at present being pulled down, therefore I commit no indiscretion in describing the phenomena connected with it. Castel Amer is situated in what house agents would describe as a highly residential quarter. It is surrounded by numerous villas, inhabited by people who are all very well-to-do, and who make Torquay their permanent home. The majority of these villas lie right back from the road, and are hidden in their own luxuriant gardens but the haunted house is one of several whose back premises open straight on to the road no dwelling could have looked more commonplace or uninteresting it was built in the form of a high box three-storied it was hideous and inartistic in the extreme but along its frontage looking towards the sea and hidden from the road there ran a wide balcony onto which the second-floor rooms opened, and from there the view over the garden was charming. When I first went to look at it, the lapidation had set in. Jackdaws and starlings were busy in the chimneys, the paint was peeling off the walls, and most of the windows were broken. Year after year those windows were mended, but they never remained intact for more than a week, and during the war there has been no attempt at renewal." Even the agents' boards, to be let or sold, dropped one by one from their stems, as if in sheer weariness of so fruitless an announcement. It was not long before I obtained the loan of the keys, and proceeded to take the atmosphere. It was decidedly unhealthful, I concluded, though I neither heard nor saw anything unusual during the hour I spent alone in quietly wandering through the deserted rooms. I found no trace of tramps, and all the closed windows were thickly cobwebbed inside, an important fact to notice in psychic research. I fixed upon the bathroom and one other small room as the foci of the trouble, and left the house with no other strong impression than that my movements had been closely watched by someone unseen by me. It was no uncommon sight in pre-war days to see several smart motor-cars drawn up at the gate. Frivolous parties of explorers in search of a thrill drove in from the surrounding neighborhood and romped gaily through the house and out again. And I discovered that several of those visitors had distinctly felt that they were being followed about and watched. 
my husband and i were naturally much interested in this haunted dwelling so accessible and so near to our own house we determined that if we could make friends with the owner we would do a little investigation on our own numerous people on the plea that the house might suit them as a residence got the loan of the keys and spent an hour or two inside the place wandering about the house and garden but the owner was getting tired of this rush of spurious house hunters he was beginning to ask for bona fides so we determined honestly to state our purpose the proprietor was an old builder who owned several other houses he received me very civilly even gratefully he would willingly give us the keys for as long a period as we required them castellamare brought him extreme bad luck he longed to be rid of it and he added that after our investigations if my husband could give the house a clean bill of health it would be of enormous benefit to him in enabling him to let or sell it he did not seem very hopeful but stated it to be his opinion that the hauntings were all nonsense and that the screams people heard were the cries of some peacocks that lived in a property not far off this sounded very reasonable and i promised him that if we could honestly state that the house was perfectly unhealthful we would permit our conclusions to be made public my husband and i decided that the hour one p m till two p m would be the quickest and least conspicuous time in which to investigate doubtless the night would have been better still but it would have created too much excitement in the neighborhood and callers to see how we were bearing up would have defeated our object between one and two all torquay would be lunching and we could easily slip in unobserved and we would require neither lights nor warm comforts we started at once my husband keeping the keys and making himself responsible for the doors though the window panes were badly broken there were no openings large enough to admit a small child and as i have said the network of cobwebs within was evidence that no human being entered the house by the windows the front door lock was in good order and so were most of the other locks in the house we shut ourselves in and after a thorough examination of the premises we mounted to the first floor three rooms opened on to it belonging to the principal bedroom a smaller room and a bathroom opening out of the big bedroom my husband closed all the doors and we sat down on the lower steps of the bare staircase leading to the floor above that day we drew an absolute blank and at two o'clock we closed every door in the house and just inside the front door we made a careless-looking arrangement of twigs dead leaves pieces of straw and dust which could not fail to betray the passing of human feet should anybody possess a duplicate key to the front door and enter by that means the second day we found our twig and straw arrangements intact but not a single door was shut all were thrown defiantly wide this seemed rather promising and we went upstairs to our seat on the steps and carefully reclosing the doors immediately in front of us sat down to await events quite half an hour must have passed when suddenly a click made us both look up the handle of the door but a couple of yards distant from me leading into the small room was turning and the door quietly opened wide enough to admit the passing of a human being it was a bright sunny day and one could see the brass knob turning round quite distinctly 
we saw no form of any sort and the door remained half open for perhaps a couple of moments we awaited developments then our attention was suddenly switched off the door by the sound of hurrying footsteps running along the bare boards on the corridor above us my husband rushed up and searched each empty room but neither saw anything nor heard anything more before leaving the house we shut all doors and locked all doors that would lock such was the meagre extent of our second day's investigations on the third day the doors were all found wide flung no door opened before our eyes as on our former visit but a brushing sound was heard ascending the stairs as if from some one pressing close against the wall for about a fortnight nothing happened beyond what i have recounted but i was strongly conscious that we were being watched the most unhealthful spots were the bathroom a servant's room entered by a staircase leading from the kitchen and the stable a small building immediately to the right of the house the bathroom was in great disrepair long strips of paper hung from the walls and an air of profound depression pervaded it obviously it had once been merely a large cupboard and it had a window admitting light from a passage behind it we had never once failed to find every door which we had closed thrown wide on our return and one day we locked the bathroom and removing the key we looked about for some spot in which to secrete it on that floor was nothing large enough to hide even so small an object as a key so we took it downstairs to the dining room in a corner lay a rag of linoleum about six inches square under this we placed the bathroom key and left the house that afternoon a house agent called and asked for the loan of the keys he told us that a brave widow who knew the history of the house thought it might suit her to live in and he proposed to take her over it and point out its charms he would return the keys to us directly afterwards i took advantage of this occasion to say to the agent that probably the screams some people had heard proceeded from the peacocks in the neighborhood he shook his head and answered we hoped that might prove to be the case but we have ascertained that it is not so he seemed to be despondent about the place even though what we had to tell him was as yet nothing very formidable or exciting what we did not tell him was that we had locked up the bathroom and hidden the key we left him to discover that fact for himself he returned with the keys in about an hour and i asked him what the widow thought of castel amare she thinks something might be made of it the cheapness attracts her he answered but it will need so much doing to it i demurred what did she think of the bathroom she said it only needed cleaning and repapering the bath itself she found in good enough condition so the bathroom door was open in spite of our having locked it and hidden the key after the agent had gone we went to the house every door stood wide the bathroom key was still in its hiding place and the door open we replaced the key the ghosts laughed to scorn such securities as locks and keys for a month or two we pursued our investigations then we returned the keys to the owner though we had seen and heard so little it was impossible to give the house a clean bill of health and the old builder was much cast down a few days afterwards we received a letter from him offering us the house as a free gift 
it would pay him to be rid of the ground rent and the place was as useless to him as to any one else we thanked him and refused the gift about this period i was lucky enough to get into touch with a former tenant of castel amer and this lady most kindly gave me many details of her residence there about thirty years ago she occupied it with her father and mother and they were the last family to live in it for any length of time and for many years it has remained empty soon after their arrival this family discovered that there was something very much amiss with their new residence the house the garden and the stable were decidedly uncanny but it was some time before they would admit even to themselves that the strange happenings were of a supernatural order the phenomena fell under three headings a piercing scream heard continually at any hour and during all seasons continuous steps running along corridors and up and down stairs constant lockings of doors by unseen hands the scream was decidedly the most unnerving of the various phenomena the family lived in constant dread of it sometimes it came from the garden sometimes from inside the house one morning whilst they sat at breakfast they were violently startled by this horrible sound coming from the inner hall just outside the room in which they sat it took but a moment to throw open the door but as usual there was nothing to be seen on another occasion the family doctor had just arrived at the front door and was about to ring when he was startled by the scream coming from inside the house this doctor still lives in the neighborhood and is one of many people who can bear witness to the fact the footsteps of unseen people kept the family pretty busy they were always running to the doors to see who was hurrying past and up and down stairs very soon the drawing-room became extremely uncomfortable and practically uninhabitable the lady of the house never felt herself alone and when she found herself locked into her own room the behavior of her astral guests seemed to her to have become intolerable the master of the house no more escaped these attentions than did the rest of the inhabitants and finally all keys had to be removed from all doors one night some guests after getting into bed heard someone open the door of their room and enter astonishment kept them silent and in a minute or two their visitor quietly withdrew and closed the door again they concluded that it must have been their hostess and that thinking they were asleep she had not spoken yet still they thought the incident very strange the next morning they discovered that no member of the household had entered their room on another occasion a lady who had come to help nurse a sick sister saw one night a strange woman dressed in black velvet walk downstairs animals fared badly at castel amer a large dog belonging to the family was often found cowering and growling in abject fear of something visible to it but not to the human inhabitants and the harness-horse showed such an invincible objection to its stable that it could only be got in by backing later on i was told that a member of the psychical society had visited castel amer and had pronounced the garden to be more haunted than the house it is interesting to note how absolutely untenable badly haunted houses become no matter how skeptical how resolutely material the tenants may be 
the phenomena wear them down to a humble surrender at last after all what can people do but quit a residence which is constantly showing incontrovertible evidence that it is possessed by numerous unseen entities that defy analysis every one is interested in getting rid of this weird disturbance but how do you do it the skeptic is resolute in unmasking the fraud but finds himself balked by intangibility he hears the scream at his door and rushes to arrest the miscreant but sees no one to grapple with domestic difficulties become acute no warning is given no wages asked the servants decamp too scared to care for anything but putting distance between themselves and the nameless dread visitors begin to fight shy of the house they have heard the screams month after month the master of the house thinking of his rent and his reputation for sanity and what the loss of both would mean to him clings to skepticism as his only hope and refuge he is not going to be driven forth by any such stuff and nonsense as ghosts why there are no such things seen things heard things well yes he has but of course there must be some rational explanation a man who has fought for king and country is not going to be defeated and put to flight by a pack of silly women's stories he will soon get to the bottom of the whole affair then woe betide the practical joker when alone he racks his brains in vain he is furious with himself for having heard the scream and tells himself he must be going dotty he is puzzled baffled irritated but more determined than ever to stick it out who can the joker be who is demoralizing his household who has even dared to lock him into his own room he thinks of his wife and family and of their shattered nerves he thinks of his terrified servants and of his dog who can no longer be persuaded to enter the house he feels he must look elsewhere for the disturber of his peace but where he keeps careful watch unknown as he thinks to his family the steps approach him pass close to him then die away in the distance leaving him fuming impotent he finds it necessary to wipe his brow which enrages him still more at dead of night he watches on the staircase with all lights full on silence utter silence absolutely nothing to be seen or heard he thinks of going to bed he always said the whole thing was tommy rot the deathly silence is suddenly rent by a piercing scream at his very elbow and he leaps to his feet growling out an oath below his breath he looks wildly round on every side of him nothing something strange is happening to his head he passes his hand over his hair it seems to be creeping along quality sleep is essential for boosting energy recovery and well-being so take your sleep to the next level with sleep number with a sleep number smart bed you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night jd power ranks sleep number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in store and now the queen sleep number c4 smart bed is only one thousand five hundred and ninety nine dollars a saving of three hundred dollars only for a limited time for J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. 
Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. ...on his scalp, and he thinks of the quills of a porcupine. What the devil is he to do? Go to bed, answers inclination. You're doing no good here. Yes, go to bed. That's the sensible thing to do. The next morning, everyone asks him if he heard it. He acknowledges to himself that his temper is becoming vile. The day comes when he is left alone with his family. The staff has fled, and he feels rather broken. At last he gives in, and agrees to seek another home, but it is not to the ghosts he gives in, but to the nervous fancies of a pack of silly women. He feels wonderfully light-hearted, however, now that his mind is made up, and a glow of magnanimity pervades him. If you do a thing at all, do it well, and at once, he tells himself, and promptly hires another house in another neighborhood. When questioned by his men-friends, he laughs. The man in the street might understand certain things that he could tell, but the man in the club? Never. Oh, Tommy Rot, my dear chap but my wife got nervous, and the servants, you know what they are, scared by the scratch of a mouse. For the women's sake, I thought it best to quit. You know what women are, when they once get an idea into their heads. Chapter 21. The Sequel. In 1917, a friend rang me up and asked me if I would form one of a party of investigation at Castel Amer. The service of a medium had been secured, and a soldier on leave, who was deeply immersed in psychic research, was in high hopes of getting some genuine results. I accepted the invitation, because a certain incident had once more roused my curiosity in the haunted house. During our investigations, I had been disappointed at not hearing the much-talked-of scream, the more so after learning from the former tenants how very often they had heard it. When I did at last hear it, I was walking past the house on a very hot summer morning about eleven o'clock. I was not thinking of the house, and had just passed it on my way home, when the piercing scream arrested my attention. I wheeled around instantly. There was not a doubt as to where the scream came from, but unfortunately, though there were people on the road, there was no one near enough to bear witness. The scream appeared to come from someone in abject terror, and would have arrested the attention of anyone who happened to be passing. I mean that had no haunted house stood there, had the scream proceeded from any other villa, I am sure that any passerby would have halted wonderingly, and awaited further developments. Castel Amer lay in absolute silence under the blazing sunshine, and in a minute or two I walked on. I could now understand what it must have meant to live in that house, in constant dread of that weird and hideous sound resounding through the rooms or garden. This incident made me eager to join my friend's party, and on reaching the house I found a small crowd assembled, the medium, myself, and four other women. The soldier and an elderly and burly builder belonging to the neighborhood who was interested in psychic research. Eight persons in all. As there was no chair or furniture of any description in the house, we carried in a small empty box from the rubbish heap outside, and followed the medium through the rooms. 
she elected to remain in the large bedroom on the first floor out of which opened the bathroom and she sat down on the box and leaned her back against the wall whilst we lounged about the room and awaited events it was a sunny summer afternoon and the many broken panes of glass throughout the house admitted plenty of air after some minutes it was plain to see that the medium had fallen into a trance her eyes were closed and she lay back as if in sound sleep time passed nothing happened we were all rather silent as i had warned the party that though we were in a room at the side of the house farthest from the road our voices could plainly be heard by passers-by and we wanted no interference just as we were all beginning to feel rather bored and tired of standing the medium sprang to her feet with surprising agility pouring out a volume of violent language her voice had taken on the deep growling tones of an infuriated man who advanced menacingly towards those of us who were nearest to him in harsh threatening voice he demanded to know what right we had to intrude on his privacy there was a general scattering of the scared party before this unlooked-for attack and the soldier gave it as his opinion that the medium was now controlled by the spirit of a very violent male entity i had no doubt upon the point then commenced so very unpleasant a scene that i had no doubt also of the medium's genuineness no charlatan dependent upon fraudulent mediumship for her daily bread would have made herself so intensely obnoxious as did this frail little woman i found myself saying never again this isn't good enough the entity that controlled her possessed superhuman strength his voice was like the bellow of a bull as he told us to be gone or he would throw us out himself and his language was shocking i had warned the medium on entering the house that we must be as quiet as possible or we would have the police walking in on us now i expected any moment to see a policeman or some male stranger arrive on the scene and demand to know what was the matter the majority of our party were keeping at a safe distance but suddenly the control rushed full tilt at the soldier who had stood his ground and attacking him with a tigerish fury drew blood at once the big builder and i rushed forward to his aid the rest of the party forsook us and fled pell-mell out of the house and into the garden glancing through a window near which we fought i saw below a row of scared faces staring up in awed wonder the scene being enacted was really amazing this frail little creature threw us off like feathers and drove us foot by foot before her always heading us off the bathroom we tried to stand our ground and dodge her furious lunges but she was too much for us after a desperate scuffle which lasted quite seven or eight minutes and resulted in much torn clothing she drove us out of the room and on to the landing then suddenly without warning the entity seemed to evacuate the body he had controlled and the medium went down with a crash and lay at our feet just a little crumpled dishevelled heap for some considerable time i thought she was dead her lips were blue and i could feel no pulse we had neither water nor brandy with which to revive her and we decided to carry her down into the garden and see what fresh air would do though villas stood all round us the foliage of the trees gave us absolute privacy and we laid her flat on the lawn 
there after about ten minutes she gradually regained her consciousness and seemingly none the worse for her experiences she sat up and asked what had happened we did not give her the truth in its entirety and contrived to account for the blood-stained soldier and the torn clothing without unduly shocking and distressing her we then dispersed the medium walking off as if nothing whatever had occurred to deplete her strength some days after this the soldier begged for another experiment with the medium he had no doubts as to her genuineness and he was sure that if we tried again we would get further developments she was willing to try again and so was the builder but with one exception the rest of the party refused to have anything more to do with the unpleasant affair and the one exception stipulated to remain in the garden she very wisely remarked that if she came into the house there was no knowing what entity might not attach itself to her and return home with her and she was not going to risk it of course this real danger always had to be counted upon in such investigations but as the men of the party desired a woman to accompany the medium i consented and we entered the house once more a reduced party of four after the medium had remained entranced for some minutes the same male entity again controlled her the same violence the same attacks began once more but this time we were better prepared to defend ourselves the soldier and the stalwart builder warded off the attacks and tried conciliatory expostulations but all to no purpose then the soldier who seemed to have considerable experience in such matters tried a system of exercising sternly bidding the malignant entity depart there ensued a very curious spiritual conflict between the exorcist and the entity in which sometimes it seemed as if one then the other was about to triumph these wavering moments were useful in giving us breathing space from the assaults and at length having failed as we desired to get into the bathroom we drove him back against the wall at the far end of the room finally the exorcist triumphed and the medium collapsed on the floor as the strength of the control left her for a few moments we allowed the crumpled up little heap to remain where she lay whilst we mopped our brows and regained our breath the soldier had brought a flask of brandy which we proposed to administer to the unconscious medium but quite suddenly a new development began she raised her head and still crouching on the floor with closed eyes she began to cry bitterly wailing and moaning and uttering inarticulate words she had become the picture of absolute woe another entity has got hold of her announced the soldier it certainly appeared to be so all signs of violence had gone the medium had become a heartbroken woman we raised her to her feet her condition was pitiable but her words became more coherent poor master on the bed help him help him she moaned and pointed to one side of the room again and again she indicated by clenching her hands to her throat that death by strangulation was the culmination of some terrible tragedy that had been enacted in that room she wandered in a desolate manner about the floor wringing her hands the tears pouring down her cheeks whilst she pointed to the bed then towards the bathroom with shuddering horror suddenly we were startled out of our compassionate sympathy by a piercing scream and my thoughts flew instantly to the experiences of the former tenants and what i myself had heard in passing on that june morning of the former year 
the medium had turned at bay and began a frantic encounter with some entity unseen by us wildly she wrestled and fought as if for her life whilst she emitted piercing shrieks for help we rushed to the rescue dragging her away from her invisible assailant but a disembodied fighter has a considerable pull over a fighter in the flesh who possesses something tangible that can be seized i placed the medium behind me with her back to the wall but though i pressed her close she continued to fight and i had to defend myself as well as defend her her assailant was undoubtedly the first terrible entity which had controlled her at intervals she gasped out terrible doctor will kill me he's killed master help help gradually she ceased to fight the soldier was exercising with all his force and was gaining power finally he triumphed inasmuch as he banished the terrible doctor the medium was however still under the control of the broken-hearted entity and began again to wander about the room we extracted from her further details an approximate date of the tragedy her master's name that he was mentally deficient when the murder took place she was a maid-servant in the house and after witnessing the crime she appeared to have shared her master's fate though by what means we could not determine the doctor was a resident physician of foreign origin at last we induced her to enter the bathroom which she seemed to dread and there she fell to lamenting over the dead body of her master which had lain hidden there when the room was used as a large cupboard it was a very painful scene which was ended abruptly by her falling down insensible she had collapsed in an awkward corner but at last we lifted her out and carried her downstairs to the garden when i tried to revive her with brandy i found that her teeth were tightly clenched i then tried artificial respiration as i could feel no pulse gradually she came back to life quietly calmly and in total ignorance of what had occurred the most amazing thing was that she showed no sign whatever of exhaustion or mental fatigue we were all dead beat but not so the fragile-looking little medium though externally she looked terribly dishevelled and draggled this was the last time i set foot in the haunted house which is now being demolished but i still had to experience more of its odd phenomena the date and names the medium had given us were later on verified by means of a record of villa residence which for many years had been kept in the town of torquay there is no one left now that has any interest in verifying a tragic story supposed to have been enacted about fifty years ago it must be left in the realms of psychic research by which means it was dragged to light certain it is that no murder came to the knowledge of those who were alive then and lived still in torquay if there is any truth in the story it falls under the category of undiscovered crimes the murderer was able somehow to hide his iniquities and escape suspicion and punishment i do not know if it is intended to build another house on the same site i hope not for it is very probable that a new residence would share the fate of the old bricks and mortar are no impediment to the free passage of the disembodied and there is no reason why they should not elect to manifest for an indefinite period of time there can be no doubt that the scream was an actual fact there are so many people living who heard it and are willing to testify to the horror of it 
amongst those living people are former tenants who for long bore the nervous strain of its constant recurrence there remains one other weird incident in connection with castel amer which i will now try to describe in the winter of nineteen seventeen i was engaged in war work which took me out at night like every other coast town torquay was plunged at sunset into deepest darkness save when the moon defied the authorities the road leading from the nearest tram-car to our house was not lit at all and one had to stumble along as best one could even electric torches being forbidden i was returning home one very dark still night about a quarter past ten and being very tired i was walking very slowly owing to the inky darkness i thought it best to walk in the middle of the road in order to avoid the inequities in the footfall at each garden entrance to the villas at that hour there was no traffic and not a soul about suddenly my steps were arrested by a loud knocking on a window-pane and i collected my thoughts and tried to take my bearings the sound came from the left where two or three villas stand close to the road all i could distinguish was a denser blot of black against the dense surroundings but by making certain calculations i recognized that i stood outside castel amer the knocking on the pane lasted only a moment or two and was insistent and peremptory i jumped to the instant conclusion that someone was having a lark inside and was trying to get a rise out of me i was too tired to be bothered and moved on again with a strong inclination towards my own warm bed when the knocking rang out more peremptory than ever it seemed to say stop don't go on i have something to say to you involuntarily i stood still again and wished that some human being would pass along the road i really would not have cared who it was policeman soldier maid-servant i would have laid hold of them and said do you hear that knocking it comes from the haunted house alas no one did come the night lay like an inky pall all about me silent as the grave save for that commanding order to stop which was wrapped upon a window-pane whenever i attempted to move on though the being who thus sought to detain me could not possibly distinguish who i was or whether my gender was male or female he could certainly hear my footsteps as i walked and the cool inconsequence of his behaviour began to nettle me i was about to move resolutely on when i heard something else this time something really thrilling peal after peal of light laughter accompanied by flying feet but such laughter thin high treble laughter right away up and out of the scale and apparently proceeding from many persons such flying feet racing pattering rushing feet light as those of the trained athlete i stood enthralled with wonder for in the pitch-black darkness of that house surely no human feet could avoid disaster they were rushing up and down that steep bare wooden staircase that i knew so well and the laughter and the swift-winged feet sounded now from the ground floor then could be clearly traced ascending till they reached the third and last floor tearing along the empty corridors they began the breakneck descent again to the bottom and pell-mell wild rush of demented demons chasing each other that is what it sounded like i must have stood there for quite ten minutes longing intensely for some one to share in my experiences but torquay had gone to bed and i felt it was time for me to do likewise 
what could i make of the affair nothing rats rats don't laugh human beings having a rag and trying to scare the neighborhood no human being could run up and down that staircase in such profound darkness it would have been a case of crawling up with a firm hand on the banister i gave up trying to think and turned resolutely away as i did so the knocking began again upon the window-pane do stop oh don't go away stop stop it seemed to call after me insistently as i quickened my footsteps and gradually outdistanced the imperious demand what explanation have i to offer none the hallucinations of a tired woman that may do for the general public but not for me you see i was the person who heard it there are many haunted houses that are quite habitable such as hampton court palace etc where the apparition keeps strictly to an anniversary or where the phenomenon are mild and inoffensive their presence can be endured with a certain amount of equanimity the point really lies in this are the ghosts who haunt a dwelling indifferent to or hostile to the presence of their companions in the flesh if the situation is according to the latter then the ghosts will certainly score they will rid themselves of the human inhabitants by a wearing down nerve pressure which cannot be fought against with any chance of success if the ghosts are shy or indifferent wrapped up in their own concerns and containing themselves in a world of their own then there is no reason why the incarnate and the disincarnate should not live peacefully together End of Haunted Houses Castel Amer by Violet Tweedale